0: Good morning. Good morning. It's Brenda Eschen and Shoshana back for another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life: The Unshakable Road to Love. As, as I say many times, it's the same thing. The Zen is unshakable. You become unshakable. <laughs> <coughs> Life becomes unshakable. How? Now, let's be honest. How is that really possible? Because the world is nothing but one shake after another, right? One change, one alteration, one surprise, maybe. So all of us, all of us longing deep down for some kind of security, maybe, some kind of stability. What That word has so many different meanings to so many different people. Longing for some kind of rootedness. You could call it meaning. Something to hold on to. That's what we're all really longing for. And then we say, then, then we'll know who we are. Then we'll be able to proceed. Then we'll be unshakable. And actually, from the Zen perspective, just the opposite is true. And it's very startling. It's very freeing, but it's also and can be very frightening maybe too. What does that mean? It means that trying to find our stability, security, unshakableness, rootedness in a situation that doesn't change is not going to happen as we wish it would. Even when we sit very, very still in Zazen, in the midst of constant change, circulation, the blood circulates, the breath goes in, the breath goes out. The day is warm, the day is cool. Sirens shout out one day and another day they don't. Nothing but alteration. Nothing but alteration. And and we're living that way, even if we're completely still, even if we don't move, even within, thoughts come, emotions come, and they go. So where is that stability, that what we would call peace, thinking of peace as non-change? That's the way we usually think of peace, well, everything will be okay, everything will be just fine, it'll be just the way I like it. I'll be safe, I'll I'll be secure, I'll have a home, I'll have a nest, I'll have a little group of friends and we'll all love each other and see each other, or a family like that, and all of that, all of that. We'll, We'll all huddle in together and we'll be safe. Or I will only be friends with those who see life the way I do, who share the same beliefs. That will give me more security anyway, more sense of comfort. So from the Zen perspective, that's not where comfort comes from. And that in and of itself is so interesting. It's so interesting. (laughs) Comfort comes from as Sasaki Roshi said many, many years ago, being able to hold the whole world in the palm of your hand. And I heard that. He said it. I was there many, many, many years ago. <clears throat> and I looked at his face, and he had a little twinkle in his eye. And I, of course, it was a beautiful saying, beautiful, but I didn't really know what he meant. And that's the beauty of many of the Zen sayings and teachings. We may resonate with them. We may know, oh, that's wonderful, but we don't know what it means really. We don't know. And that's why we practice it. And we pra- and what does it mean to practice it? It means to sit in the midst of life. To be present in the midst of everything. We do that by practicing zazen, and we do that by cooking, we do that by falling in love, we do that by writing a letter. It's not just being confined to a cushion and not moving. No, not at all. In fact, our time on the cushion is to prepare us so when we get up, we're in that we're on the unshakable road. So, what does this really mean? It means that we become at home with whatever occurs now that also sounds impossible a nice phrase very nice phrase but how in the world is that possible that's a koan it's a wonderful koan and nobody can answer it for you nobody you have to actually practice this yourself and find out for yourself because everybody has a different answer basically Everybody will find it out in a different way, but they will find it out if they practice persistently. Take these teachings, take even a word, take even a half an hour to start, a day to sit. Take the smallest piece and do it thoroughly. And that's it. And then the Zazen itself will show you what the next step is. And the next step, the zazen does it for you. It's not something you do out of your mind, figuring it out. It happens through you. The change takes place. The way the wind blows, naturally, inevitably, organically. That has been my experience. I'm not speaking as any authority at all. I'm just speaking as an old, long-term Zen bum, (laughs) Zen practitioner who loves, thank God, has completely fallen in love with the practice of Zazen. And also with many of those wonderful brothers and sisters, Dharma brothers and sisters who engage in it. And it's a different kind of love affair that goes on here. It's not that we cling to each other. It's not even to cling to the Zazen. It's just to greet it fully every day, every day. And as we do so, the whole world soon begins to become our Dharma brothers and sisters, (laughs) day by day, step by step, breath by breath. Our life becomes Zazen practice. And that itself happens by itself, as I said. It just takes place. Like nobody can tell you how do my nails grow every day? How does my hair grow and then I get a haircut? How does that happen? Happens, just happens. Same thing with Zazen. How does a little baby get born and get taller? How does it fall down and get up? There is a primal activity of life that takes place in the world and in ourselves, everywhere. And when we sit, we become in alignment with that primal, unfettered activity of life, which is always... Always positive, constructive, growth-oriented. It's inevitable. You plant a seed in the earth. The sun comes. The rain falls. The seed is nurtured. It blooms. Before you know it, there's an incredible, beautiful blossom. How does all that take place? Where was that flower before the seed was planted or where was that flower even when the seed was just planted these questions are wonderful because they wake us up to the great you could call it the great way the great that Tao the great love the great activity but it wakes us up to something way beyond our small thinking mind you know we give such reverence to our small thinking mind always trying to figure it out find an angle make it a, i'm going to make it a good day today someone said that to me the other day no matter what i'm going to make it a good day today they their will their ego their demands i'm going to make things work out the way i want no 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 that will never leave you to the unshakable road because when they don't work out as you want, you're going to start shaking and just exert more will and ignore this boundless primal activity which goes on by itself, nurturing, teaching, growing, (laughs) making flowers blossom, and also operating always within you. It causes you to breathe in, you breathe out. So as we sit and we profoundly align ourselves with this breathing in, breathing out, the ability to sit still, the ability, we just just being aware that we don't have to do anything to be aware. As we sit quietly, we are just simply aware. We're aware of our thoughts. We're aware of this. We're aware of that. We become in tune. With all the different ways that primal, positive, constructive, loving activity manifests itself and gives itself to us. It's quite amazing. And as it does so, and we receive it, and we harmonize with it, we see we are one with it, then, then life whatever happens, it looks very different. Now, it doesn't mean we won't have a moment of very deep sadness at times. Of course, that's part of it. But it won't stick to us like glue, and it won't define us, and it won't define the whole day and our whole life. Moments of sadness that we cling to, many of us, define ourselves by that we long for maybe, because they're familiar. Oh, this is a very sad, horrible world, nothing but suffering, and then we cling to suffering. At least that gives us a stability, because we believe it's gonna be awful, and it is awful, so that's a a kind of stability created by the mind. The illusions, the world of illusions. That world of illusion. It's not very useful. Ultimately, it's not very positive. Even though once in a while we'll dream up these wonderful illusions, get high, enjoy them. And of course, they pop like every other bubble. <clears throat> it's not that Zazen, real Zen practice, is so simple that it's alarming, <laughs> and it's so. Beautiful and nourishing, that is alarming to think, oh, I can be so nourished by every little small thing so easily. I can take the next step so naturally when I am embedded in Zen practice, Zen mode, Zen way of being, of looking. And again, that happens just naturally as you sit morning, then maybe evening. You know, in the beginning, when I started to sit, I might have said this on some other podcast, I couldn't do more than five minutes. I mean, that was so hard. And my legs were so stiff, and they wouldn't go down, my knee wouldn't go down to the floor, and like that. And I was so restless. So I did five minutes, that's all I did. I did what I could do. And to my amazement, very quickly, I said, oh my goodness, I felt really different just from those five minutes. The day just seemed different. Five minutes. I noticed that. And all of a sudden, I want you to do another five minutes in the evening. <clears throat> now the Zazen did that. I didn't think, oh yes, I'll do another five. No, I just said, oh, why don't I try another five minutes? Just very naturally, inevitably, the Zazen did it. <clears throat> and five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. Before I knew it, it was the five minutes I'd become 15 minutes. I didn't do it. I didn't plan it. It happened through me. The Zazen does it. You just do what you can. Now, how lovely is that? That's enough. It's more than enough. No judgments. My legs are stiff. They're not stiff. They're flexible. They're not My legs became, at certain periods, much more flexible. I didn't do anything to make that happen. The Zazen did. It was easier to do so many things. It unlocked so much inside of me. And so, of course, I feel such a yearning to share it with everybody, especially, especially in this day and age, when there are so many, many, many so-called locks on our life, on our heart, on our whatever, whatever. Those locks can be opened very quickly and very naturally and very safely. (coughs) Real Zazen has never put me in an unsafe place or unsafe situation. Very, very interesting, you know, in fact, the other day I actually got to the Zendo, my my home base Zendo, which is a very strong, intense sit- sittings. And I had been a little shaky, it was hard to get there, but I got there. And 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 during the evening, I began to get a, what's called an ocular migraine, lights flashing, a bit dizzy, this and that. But at the Zendo, you just continue the practice no matter what. Time to sit, I sat right through it time to get up. I got up. Something you might be afraid of, it meant nothing. It disappeared into the Zazen. Things that we might live in fear of and trying for it not to happen doesn't matter. Just sat through it and there it was gone. So I offer this to you as we Together, walk along the unshakable road to love. Shakeable and unshakable are the same. Don't avoid those shaky experiences. Sit right through them. And then you'll just take the next step. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. It's a joy to be with all of you. And thank you for your wonderful uh, emails. And a big wave hello to you, Steve. Thank you for your wonderful email, too. No sirens today. And, um, I will be back next week. And, and all, all good things. Bye bye.